This is Pastor Chris, and you're about to listen in on a teaching from Apex, our student ministry at BMHA. At Apex, we prioritize biblical teachings with practical applications for the everyday life of a 6th to 12th grade student. Thank you for listening in on this Apex teaching, and I pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. to earn some brownie points the best day of my life was my wedding day literally the best day of my life um uh for many many reasons i know it's cute to say but i really really do mean that um i was able to hang out with my favorite person in the world for like an entire day like a week well my whole life but like that day especially (laughs) but also like my favorite people in the world like all of my great friends at the time were in my bridal party her bridal party it was just such a special time um i had to i got to go to a bachelor party and some of you guys are like man i only can dream of going to a bachelor party someday and ours was amazing it was the best thing ever uh and on top of that everybody brought me presents <laughs> i had some family there that like i didn't see a lot but i was able to keep it a distance you know how that is like like hey and then leave uh and so that was fine it was a wonderful thing and they even brought me presents the best <laughs> the best best day of my life what they don't tell you about the best day of your life is the approximately one year of planning <laughs> that can be the worst year of your life um, luckily, we crammed that year into four months, so it was a very condensed time, uh, crammed, stress, crazy, all kinds of details. If you know my personality and you know Sam's personality, um, maybe you can imagine what the planning process was like. Let me give you a little a little taste. Sam came to me with like three different color palette ideas, so you got to have like colors for your wedding. I don't know what that is, but you have to have, you have to pick colors. We went with like purple and teal, sea foam, I don't know. Um, Eggplant and sea foam. <laughs> Eggplant and sea foam. So you got to pick colors. So she came to me with like three different color palettes. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure she likes eggplant and sea foam. So I'm like, eggplant and sea foam, that's the one. She's like, okay. So like weeks later, she was like, so what are we going to do for our colors? I was like, didn't we have that conversation? And she's like, yes, yeah, sort of. But like, what are we actually going to decide on? And so that happened just over and over and over and over again with like every little decision <laughs> that we had to, to make for this wedding, this huge, amazing day. Um, so really my job was to figure out which things she liked the most because there's like little subtle hints and cues. So I got to pick up on what she liked the most and then force her to commit to that thing on every single detail. Um, there was one, I didn't really care about any of those things to be quite honest. <laughs> you might hear that a lot as far as a man and wedding planning goes. I didn't care about any of those details, except the one thing that I cared very much about, she cared very much about, was the music. And the music at our wedding was amazing. So pre-wedding, we had some like jazz, like swing music going, which is my favorite type of music ever, what I wake up to every single morning. Uh, All kinds of compliments about that. Our bridal parties came down the aisle to an instrumental version of Here Comes the Sun, doo-doo-doo-doo. Oh, wait, not quite yet. And so... uh, the reception hall, they walked into a song called Shut Up and Dance With Me. Super, super fun. Sam and I came into um, Love Shack by the B-52s. My favorite decision, besides the, who I was going to marry, my favorite decision about the wedding was walking into the reception hall to that song because it was the best. Our first dance was to our song, and uh, which is I'm Yours by Jason Moraes. Aw, yeah. 
in summary, we picked very, very good music. Now, the main event of the wedding is the bride coming down the aisle. You may be familiar with this concept. And um, so that song is very, very important. And that is the song that we're going to play for you right now. Sam chose this beautiful instrumental version of See the Light. If you Disney fans are like, I know that one. It's from Tangled. If you know Sam, you're like, that's correct. That is correct. So this is the most important song of the wedding, according to many people's opinions. I'd like um, for you to take a minute and imagine a wedding where the bride starts to come down the aisle, and then you hear... Yes, not a great message for a wedding, right? Not like a great way to start out uh, that big day. But tonight I want to talk to you about the weirdest marriage in all of human history. (laughs) The weirdest marriage in all of human history. That is not a setup for a joke. You may have seen on the Instagram, a preacher marries a prostitute. That is not the set. It sounds like they walk into a bar or something and there's going to be a punchline. Nope. Straight out of scripture. A preacher marries a prostitute. A preacher is the prophet of God. You know, in this case, he's a pastor. He's a godly man. uh, And a prostitute being, don't ask me, don't look it up on the internet, ask a a sibling or someone. But um, the lowest of the low in society, the prostitute is just the, the sinful, most low thing you can do in society, getting married. So tonight we're starting a series called Relentless Love. And you heard reckless love, kind of the theme for this whole series is reckless love. So we're going to be talking tonight about the relentless love that God has towards us. And um, we're going to illustrate that through the story of Hosea and the woman he marries, Gomer. You heard it right. So we're going to be using other scriptures kind of to support this idea. But tonight, especially the main point, the main scripture passage we'll be going to be looking at is the book of Hosea. The main point I'd like to get across tonight. This is the big idea. If you write one thing down, make it this thing. I'd encourage you to write all kinds of things down. But if you write one thing down, if you tweet one thing, if you walk out of remembering one thing, it is this. Even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. Even when we are unfaithful. God is faithful. Jesus, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you that we can come here and be a part of this family of God and celebrate your faithfulness and your relentless love. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, In the book of Hosea, if it were a movie, it would be rated R for explicit content in the book of Hosea. Uh, If you're not familiar at all with the Bible, the book of Hosea is in the Old Testament in a section called the Minor Prophets. There are major prophets. Prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you may have heard some of those. This is one of the minor promise prophets. And there's like a whole list of them that, and they're not minor in their impact, but they're minor in the story that gets told in the Bible. Not a lot of Hosea's story is told. But in this small story, we get a really, really powerful message from Hosea's life. In the Old Testament, God operated a little differently. He spoke directly to one person. Uh, we all have access to God. We believe the Holy Spirit uh, resides in us when we accept Jesus. At this time, God spoke to one person. That person was the spokesperson for God. They called them prophets. That's Hosea. Hosea is a prophet. So God comes to Hosea with some very specific directions, very specific things. Um, we're going to start in Hosea 1, 2 through 9 to see uh, some this really peculiar instruction. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, 
Go, marry a promiscuous woman, and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. I'm going to pause right there. That's one verse in the Bible. But like kind of a big deal, right? Like the most important, like many people would consider the most important decision you'll make. Maybe behind following Jesus, the most important decision you'll make is who you're going to marry. And God says, let me just arrange that for you. You might not like it a lot, um, but she's going to be a prostitute. She has a great personality, I'm sure, uh, with a name like Gomer, I hope. You're in for a rough life. But um, And he's like introduced this woman to people. <laughs> like, this is my wife. Like, imagine like the conversation with his mom. Right? Think about, like, put yourself in these in his shoes. Like, let me introduce you to my wife. And she says, oh, she seems so nice. She's a very beautiful name. Um, but, so what does she do? No, so he's like, I don't, she, in the entertainment industry? <laughs> like, everyone's face turns red. Nobody wants to have that conversation. Nobody wants it. Nobody wins. So, he, so let's get back. <laughs> Back into the scripture. Was that too far? Let's get back to the scripture. Hosea 1 3 says this. So he married Gomer. He did it. He married Go- Gomer, daughter of Deblame, and she conceived and bore him a son. He went through with it. You go, Hosea. Uh, we don't see a deliberation or delay, just being so, so, so obedient to what God called him to. The next verse says, Then the Lord said to Hosea, Call him, this is the child, call him Jezreel. Because I will soon punish the house of Yehu for the massacre of Jezreel. And uh, that, that would be the city Jezreel. Name him after the city. And I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day, I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. So now this is when we start to see some children happen. Uh, we start to see some big picture stuff. How Hosea's life represents God's relationship with Israel. His chosen people. It was not good. Uh, he says, name your kid Jezreel, which means judgment or punishment. That is an intense name for a child. Better suited for a wrestler. That is a real wrestler also. <laughs> punishment Martinez. Anyway, um, so, so this name is going to reflect the judgment that God is about to have on his people. So this is the next verse. Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call her Lo-Rumaha, which means (laughs) not loved. (laughs) For I will no longer show love to Israel that I should, uh, that I should at all forgive them. After she had weaned Lo-Rahamaha, Rohamama, um, Gomer had another son. Then the Lord said, call him Lo-Ami, which means not my people. For you are not my people, and I am not your God. More terrible names for children, um, but a reflection of God's relationship with his people. A reflection of God's relationship with the people of Israel. It was not good at the time. When we fast forward to Hosea 3 here in a minute, you're going to see Gomer runs off with another guy. She, she decides she doesn't want to be with Hosea anymore uh, and takes off with somebody else. Um, we're going to see how Hosea reacts to that later, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. She took off. This is a big deal. You don't do that. You don't do that now. Like it's, it's, it's a problem now, but at the time marriages were even more sacred, way more sacred. If I could say, um, so we'll see how Hosea handled that. But this, this whole story, this scripture, this actual event in history uh, shows me two things, two truths that we're going to guide our discussion tonight. Um, the first truth is that sin is strong. Sin is strong. 
sin's a serious thing that should not be taken lightly. And uh, I'm afraid that that can be easy sometimes, especially myself. I'm a more passive person. Um, I sometimes, I don't take sin as seriously as I need to. I know some people that just, that take it very, very seriously um, to, to points where like when they sin one time and it just, it throws them into the spiral of how could I do this? And that's taking sin so very seriously because sin is strong. Sin is serious. You know, when we read this, this story about Hosea, our heart breaks for Hosea, right? Like we have this reaction, um, breaking, uh, so we've all been betrayed at some point, but breaking up of a marriage, like creates some weird emotions in our, and some of you have been touched by that in your lives. Like you have experienced betrayal in a marriage, uh, from a distance at some point in your life. So it kind of brings these weird emotions when we think about how Gomer, uh, treated Hosea. Gomer had a hard time being faithful to her husband. And that's because sin is strong. You know, if you think about her past for a second, it, it, it sort of makes sense. Sin is a strong, strong thing. Sin holds on to us. It weighs us down. It beats us up. Sin is insanely strong. We have this knee-jerk reaction um, for, like, justice for Hosea. We're like, Gomer deserves punished. I want her to get what's coming to her. And this is a natural thing because we always want justice for someone else's sin. Right, we want other people to get what they deserve. When we come to when it comes to our own sin, the rules change. Right, we're like, you know, I can excuse that away. Um, I had a long day, um, so my fuse was short, or I didn't have the self control I needed to. Uh, so I backtalked my parents, or I went on a site I shouldn't have. Or, or we were very quick in, to excuse our own sin and not take it seriously. But when it comes to others, we say punishment, justice. We need that to happen. Why does God hate sin? I think that's an important question for us as Christians to know. Why does God hate sin? And uh, the answer is really beautiful because he doesn't hate sin because we broke his rules. (laughs) He doesn't like have rules for rules sake. He hates sin because sin kills us. Sin separates us from him. Sin is strong and it's a serious problem. And that's why God hates it so much. It's not about his control or oppression of people. God hates sin because sin hurts his people. Sin is bad for us. And that's why you can see sin all through the Bible. You'll see it over and over again. Sin destroys people's lives. It destroys whole nations. Sin kills People will look for every way in the world not to use the word sin. Have you experienced that in your life? Especially like in a culture that's kind of post-Christian and, and not as many people are Christians as they used to be. So that word sin has kind of changed. Uh, we say bending the truth when we mean lying. <laughs> we say uh, a bad habit when we mean an addiction. We, we talk about, uh, about adults typically will talk about the pursuit of the American dream. I'm just trying to provide for my family. They mean idolatry. Uh, they mean putting God, uh, money before God. We say innocent flirting when we mean lust. We call it a struggle. The Bible calls it sin. And we can soften it with our words as much as we want, but sin is strong. Sin is serious. Here's the truth. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Sin is serious. Sin kills us and it separates us from God. And that's why God takes it so seriously. Not because it's his rules being broken, but because it separates us from him. Sin is strong. And that brings us to the second truth that I see in in the book of Hosea. And sin is strong, but our Savior is stronger. If you could put that reckless love song on, I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, Our sin is strong, but our Savior 
is stronger. We don't have a lot of details about Gomer leaving Hosea. We just That's just not covered in the Bible. But there's a really easy guess when you think about her past. She had trouble with fidelity. She had trouble with loyalty. So she ran off with another guy. She got bored with, with Hosea. She left with somebody else. She was not accustomed to that kind of lifestyle. So she left. Even still, Hosea was committed to the marriage and determined to get her back. I think that's so interesting. Hosea was committed to to the marriage and determined to get her back. Um, This represents God's relationship with us, if you haven't quite caught on to that. This represents how God runs after us. Even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. Even when we are unfaithful, God is unfaithful faithful. Never underestimate the passionate pursuit of God for his people. Never underestimate the passionate pursuit of God for his people. Maybe you know someone who's, who has run away from God, or maybe you are someone who has run away from God, who is running away from God. You need to know, that person needs to know that you are being pursued by the creator of the universe. The God that created the heavens and the earth, that created you and me, that sent his son to die for us, is pursuing you, passionately pursuing you, relentlessly pursuing you. You'll notice in Hosea that he never gets a divorce from Gomer. Gomer left. Hosea doesn't. That's uh, biblically grounds for divorce if, if there's unfaithfulness. But Hosea doesn't do that because you can abandon God, but he'll never abandon you. You can abandon God. You can cut ties. You can quit coming to church. You can quit reading your Bible. You can stop praying. God will never stop pursuing you. So check out what happens next. When Gomer, uh, Gomer abandons Hosea, God has a word for Hosea. Hosea 3.1a just means the beginning of this verse. It says, The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods. They're spelling it out for us real simple here. God's people constantly run away from him, yet he pursues them. Hosea, you do that for your wife. Be a living testimony to God's love for his people. Hosea runs after his wife screaming, I need you back. God is running after his people screaming, I need you back. I need you back. You're not too far gone. I need you back. Even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. The man that Gomer had run off with had this, you know, twisted sense of ownership over Gomer. Um, And he demanded Hosea pay for her. As they were the trading people in this time. He said, you're going to pay me for her. Um, and Hosea, in 3.2, he's willing to pay the price. Hosea 3.2 says, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Now, that, those words probably don't mean anything to you, but um, we know that typically a human, a person was traded for 20 shekels of silver. Hosea gives 15 shekels, and it seems to me like that was it. That was all he had. If he had 20 shekels, he would have given him 20 shekels. But he gives 15 because that's all he had. To the point where he had to throw some goods in to sweeten the pot to make it the full 20. Hosea gave all that he had to get his bride back. He paid the highest price to get his bride back. Some of you know where this is going. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. (laughs) This is why we come into a room on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings. Because Jesus loved you so much that 
he paid the highest price. I was stuck in slavery. You were, you were stuck in sin, slavery to sin. But even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. So God came running to you in your sin, screaming, I need you back. I want you back. I'll pay anything to get you back. There's no wall I won't kick down. There's no lie I won't tear down to get you back. That's how relentlessly I love you. He died on a cross for you. That's the price he paid. The wages of sin is death. There's a price. It's death, and Jesus paid it on the cross. That's why we're here in this room tonight. When we read stuff in the Bible, it's important to see, you know, which character in a story do I align with? Do I identify with most? Here's a hint. You're never the hero. In this story, I am Gomer. (laughs) You are Gomer. Hosea is Jesus. I have rejected God in my sin. I have run away from God uh, for other things. But Jesus came running after me saying, I need you back, just like Hosea did for Gomer. Because even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. Jesus is our Hosea. If you actually look at the Hebrew language, (laughs) this is not a coincidence. The name Hosea means salvation, which is the word that we use to describe having an encounter with Jesus that ends up up putting us in heaven. (laughs) We have salvation through Jesus' sacrifice, and that's what Hosea means. They're just like a letter or two off in the Hebrew language, Hosea and Jesus. And that is not a coincidence. I want you to know some stuff about yourself tonight. Um, You've given yourself a lot of labels. This is some of the stuff I said earlier. Uh, You've given yourself labels. People have given you labels. Your parents, people around you, friends, everyone around you has given you labels. But the only label that matters is the one that God gave you, and he called you his child. He called you a child of the Most High God made in His image. Those are words straight out of the Bible. You are a child of God. Gomer was a lot of things, but the only one that Hosea cared about was wife. (laughs) The only one he cared about to the point where he's willing to pay that high price, everything he had, because it was his wife, because he loved her that much. You are not too far gone for God to chase after you. Even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. He is relentlessly pursuing you, relentlessly loving you, crying out, I need you back. That's how relentless his love is. It's important to me that you don't leave without knowing these things. You are a child of God. You are not too far for God to pursue you. Jesus is relentlessly chasing after you, screaming, I need you back. Even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your love, for your sacrifice, God. And I I thank you personally for that in my life, for your salvation, Lord, for your pursuit of your bride, for your pursuit of me. Though I'm unfaithful, though I turn my head away from you uh, in times of sin that creates separation from you, God, you relentlessly chase after me. You relentlessly chase after every person in this room. Your reckless, never-ending love is chasing after me. I thank you for that love, God. And I pray that somebody in this room, maybe for the first time, gets that, understands what that love is like, Father. I pray that you begin to speak to their heart, uh, drive them to have a conversation with somebody, a friend that brought them, or a staff member, or, or just a student they look up to, or anyone in this room, God. Drive them to have a conversation with that person about how to receive this, how, this salvation, how to accept your gift of salvation, Father. I thank you so much for what you're doing in this room. 
it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, tonight we're going to continue with small groups. So, if you're new to church, we just separate in age and gender for small groups. And you're going to discuss a little bit about what we talked about tonight. Um, So, if you are a female, you can go head upstairs. If you're a male, you're going to stay down here. And you'll separate by grade when you get there. We love you. Let us know if you want to talk about Jesus. Good night. This is Pastor Chris, and I want to thank you for listening into this Apex teaching. You can find more messages from all of our BMHA pastors at bmha.org. I pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.